Merry Christmas. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. You are listening to our Christmas episode. We're on episode 39 and we have some fun stuff for you today. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Feel like we should be singing some in sync right now. NSYNC. Merry Christmas! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's who sings that. Oh my gosh! And happy yes, okay. you were probably like two and no, I loved in sync. <laughs> Didn't I tell you the story how I did air bands and I dressed up like one of the members of in sync because all my friends were boys? Yeah, so it was three boys or four boys that. and me, and I dressed up like a boy. And there was all these girls in the front. They were like, "Erin, you're so cute," because you know Erin is a boy's name. And I was like, wait, I'm a girl. This is weird. That is really funny. We might want to cut that out. So Merry Christmas, friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, so disclaimer, we're recording this at the end of November, but today when it airs, it's only five days till Christmas. I don't want that to be yet. I know. I know. We still have a lot of Christmas <laughs> to celebrate, but yes. And we're going to have some fun today talking about um, some of our Christmas traditions and then some um, just really fun things that the Lord is teaching us about this season um, in our current walks right now. So as you know, we're coming off a series of studying through Philippians verse by verse. And so we wanted to throw in a fun episode right here before we get into our next book, Studying Verse by Verse, which we're super excited about that too. Woohoo. So, Casey, what is one of your favorite Christmas memories? So, I think one of my favorite Christmas memories was when I was in fifth grade. I came home, and it wasn't even Christmas yet. Like, we had the tree up, but I think it was more around Thanksgiving time. But I came home, and this this box was underneath the tree. And my parents said, you can go ahead and open that that box. And I was like, wait, like it's not even Christmas. And they said, it's okay. It's okay. We have an early Christmas present for you. And I took the top off of the box and inside was a little three pound black teacup poodle. Mm. And she was <laughs> spinning in circles, which we didn't realize at that time, but she would do her whole life. She spun in circles her whole life. And she had little red bows in her hair. Oh and she goodness. was just the most perfect little thing. And she was a dream come true for me. I mean, every kid wants either a pony or a puppy, right? right. Like at Christmas, that's just a dream come true. And I named her Precious. And um, I had her all through, you know, when I was a teenager. And um, she died when I was like 21. So I had her for like 10 or 11 years. And yeah, she was my best little friend. And so that's probably one of my favorite memories. I'm also a big tradition person. So everything from breakfast on Christmas morning with my family to going and hanging out in the afternoon, sometimes watching football or whatever we would do. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being with my cousins. Mm -hmm. I just love Christmas. Mm -hmm. I had a Christmas wedding because I love Christmas so much. Um, Yeah, I just love the season. What about you? What's one of your favorite memories? I think my favorite Christmas memory growing up, and we actually still do it to this day, which is a sight to see, but my mom sets up like a scavenger hunt and she puts like little notes. So she would always do, um, 
like an advent tree and each day there was a little note and it would say different things. So it could be like make cookies or it could say, you know, like make a card for your neighbor or go look at lights or whatever. Just every day was a different thing. And now that I'm a mom, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of work. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) I was thinking about doing that, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, this seems like a lot of work to plan that much. But, um, the, I think it was like the day before Christmas was always the scavenger hunt and we were, we, it was just the best day. Like that was my favorite thing. And so she would put a note and you'd have to figure out like what she was talking about would be like, this is the guy who says ho, ho, ho or whatever. And so you'd have to go find a Santa and that's where the next clue would be. And it gets, I mean, you know me, I'm like super competitive. <laughs> that's what I was so, <laughs> um, and it, it just gets, yeah, it gets super crazy. And like I said, we do it to this day and, you know, Taylor's an only child. So the first time he saw us do this, <laughs> I mean, we were like, we were probably 16 the first time he saw us and he was just like staring like, what is happening right now? Like, why are these <laughs> girls like tearing each other apart to this try to get to a clue? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. And it actually ended up being how my brother-in-law proposed to my sister because he oh. knew it was such a fun family tradition. Fun. And so he had all these clues and then he was waiting outside and then we had a Christmas tree out there and he proposed. So it's like, how it's fun. a big thing in our family. Yes. Oh, I love it. And it's fun. I was so thinking fun. this might be the first year I might be able to try it with my girls. Yeah. Because they're starting to learn to read. So I'd have to, you know make it real easy clues but I might try oh it. they would love that they, they have the competitive gene too I think oh yeah they do mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah they would love that so what about traditions now is there anything that you do with your family now that you just really really love and look forward to oh man yeah I mean there's a couple things so if you live in Austin you probably have done this but we love to go to the Mozart's Christmas light show over and over and over Mm -hmm. again we go Mm -hmm. several times every year it's so fun it's this little coffee shop down in austin and they put on like a light show with music and they have yummy treats and so we really like to do that that's the first one that comes to mind what about you yeah it's a lot of fun ours is similar i love to ride around looking at christmas lights Mm -hmm. all the kids are buckled in they usually drift off to sleep and i can sip sip on my coffee Mm -hmm. and um, listen to christmas music and it's just a really sweet time that we all enjoy and we also there's some good places here around round rock but in austin like old downtown austin there are some beautiful big houses Mm. and it's just it's like a fairy tale it's so pretty Mm -hmm. and it's just just sweet just some sweet time with family i'm always so sad when december is over like my girls cry every year (laughs) not because they're sad that like Christmas is over and the presents are done and all that they're sad that the Christmas lights get taken Mm -hmm. down like they're so sad Mm -hmm. and I'm like I feel you so Jonathan has like four crying girls every (laughs) January poor guy (laughs) yeah I think another one of my favorites is just like decorating for Christmas especially now that the girls are a little bit older like they just think it's the most exciting thing ever and they every ornament they pull out wow have you ever seen this before like it's just just the joy on their faces you know Mm -hmm. and and I think now that they're getting older too we've started doing some different um like advent type stuff Mm -hmm. um different resources so hopefully at this point you've seen our post about the resources Mm -hmm. um this year we've been doing the tiny theologians Christmas tree it's like Jesus's family tree and each kind of like a puzzle and so um, just fun, different things like that. Yes. Yeah. Teaching them the real meaning of Christmas, yes. which we're about to talk about. Yes. I was proud of them when I asked them, hey, what is Christmas? And they said, Jesus's birthday. I was like, yay. Yes. You're like, my job is done. <laughs> <laughs> Keep reminding yourself that when yes. you want all the presents. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So most of us have heard the Christmas story from the Bible throughout our lives. And um, I almost feel like 
the older we get and the more we hear it, the more likely we are to just kind of skim over it. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, we know that. Mm-hmm. Woohoo, Jesus came. Like, that's awesome. But we don't really read it with fresh eyes. Like mm-hmm. Aaron challenged us this past week at Sip and Savor. She was like, let's read this like we're hearing it for the first time. And I was like, oh, that's good. Because a lot of times we don't read it like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think this year coming into the Christmas season, Aaron and I have both, the Lord has revealed kind of cool and neat, um, different things to us through the Christmas story than we've ever heard in our 31, 20, how old are you? 28? 29. 29 years of life. I'm a horrible friend, y'all. So <laughs> so um, anyway, we're going to talk about a little bit of that. So Aaron, what, what do you have for us? So mine is like a little bit right before most people pick up with the Christmas story, right? So if we're looking at the Christmas story, usually people will start in Luke 1, 26, or they'll start even in Luke 2. But if we go back just a little bit further, um, and get the context, you know, we're big fans of getting the context and trying to understand the intention of um, the author. And we see that it's the story of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, actually starts out um, with more talking about the birth of John the Baptist. And we probably don't usually associate that part with Christmas, but it's really, really neat because I wish I could just read it all to you, but it's a, a situation where Zechariah and, and Elizabeth, they're I don't even know exactly how old they are, but she's barren and they're not able to have any children. And then she gets advanced in years, as some people might say, and the Lord tells them that they're going to have a son. And so um, we think, okay, that sounds kind of like Abraham, right? It yeah. It kind of rings a bell. Yeah. Um, but they they find out they're going to have a son and it seems like this impossible situation and that God is doing a miracle, which is so foretelling of what's about to happen with um the birth of Jesus. Okay, so we see all of this happening um, in verses up to 25. And then it kind of takes this pause on the story of Elizabeth and her pregnancy and goes to um, Gabriel coming to Mary and telling Mary about her and how she's going to have um, Jesus as a baby. So it's interesting because we don't get the full story of Elizabeth before we move on to Mary, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like those movies where it goes back and forth yeah. between the two different stories, mm-hmm. which I think is super interesting, but it also kind of draws these parallels, right? So mm-hmm. Elizabeth is in the situation where she thought she'd never be able to have a baby. It seemed impossible. And God does this miracle. And then we see a Mary come in where she's in this situation that also seems impossible that she's going to give birth to the savior of the world by the power of the Holy spirit. And, and she's a virgin. Yes. Like she should not be even pregnant. Right. Like, so yeah. again, an impossible situation. Right. And, and then once um, we see the angel even tell Mary and we see this in verse 36 of chapter one of Luke. And this is the angel speaking to Mary. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and is in the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. So we see here that God is giving Mary someone who can relate to her, someone who can mentor her, someone that Mary can go to who can um, be in a situation that can understand where Mary is. Obviously, it's not the same, Mm -hmm. but we see that God is doing this miracle through Elizabeth and also is going to do this miracle through Mary. And so I think it just shows um, 
the character of God, right? That he is so loving and so kind and cares so deeply for us that he asks Mary to do this big, incredible, wonderful thing, you know, carry the savior of the world and be the mother to the savior of the world. And he doesn't ask her to do that alone. Like he, uh, he gives her Elizabeth for Mary to go to when she knows she's about to walk into a season of shame and suffering for at that time. Um, if she were to not be married and yet be pregnant, there was so much shame that would have been cast on her. And she was able to go to her aunt, I think technically, we don't know the exact relation, but something like an aunt to her, um, her relative and Mary had someone who was there for her. And I think that's just so above and beyond of God, right? It is. And that's one thing that the Lord's really been teaching me lately is about his kindness. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone describe it like we a lot of times use the word faithful in place of kind because we're like, oh, he's so faithful to do this. He's so faithful to do that. Hmm. Well, faithfulness is when God fulfills his promises. Right. But kindness is when he does that above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He didn't promise Mary someone to walk alongside with her like Mm -hmm. that. Like he didn't have to do that. But in his kindness, he went above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And that just shows, like you said, his character and his heart and his loving kindness towards his children. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And we see if we keep reading. So um, if we pick up in verse 39, as soon as the angel departs from her. The next thing she does is she goes and she goes to, to Elizabeth. So it says in 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you young woman and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why Is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment to what has spoken to her from the Lord. So at this point, Elizabeth doesn't, hasn't been told by an angel or anything like that about what is going on with Mary, right? Right. And so the, the way that this all plays out is so interesting because she sees that Mary's coming and John, we know John the Baptist and her tummy, you know, is, and she becomes filled with the Holy spirit and she knows that, wow, this is what is happening. God is fulfilling his plan to redeem his people through Mary. And she, she knows that just from this experience. Isn't that wild? That is so crazy. And then the next response we see is Mary and she sings this, um, I don't know if she actually was singing. We call it a song now. That's kind of fun to think of her singing like it's a musical. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So we don't know if she's actually. (laughs) She just burst out into song. (laughs) What's called the Magnificat. Is that how you say it? Magnificat. Magnificat. And it says the song, but I'm not sure whether she was actually singing at the time or not. But I love what she says. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will, be, will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And so this is just so great, right? Because this is bringing back the point that we always make of biblical literacy. She's recalling on all the promises that God has made all the way back, as she says, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. So she gets it. She's like, this is what God is doing. He's fulfilling his promises. And that's exactly what Elizabeth was showing and telling Mary when we look back to verse 45, that blessed is she who believes that there would be fulfillment to what was spoken to her from the Lord. So we see that Elizabeth is being that mentor or that she's discipling her. She's reminding her, Mary, like God is doing this amazing thing and he is fulfilling what he has promised. Mm-hmm. And that is his faithfulness. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's really cool too, because um, we see a lot in, in Mary's song here that we can actually tie back to Philippians. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was studying Philippians, one of the sermons I listened to, he actually used he he used this whole song to talk about Philippians. Wow. And um we see her talk over and over and over about humility and how important it is um to God that we are humble. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says down here that um he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away. And once again, that's just referring to humility mm-hmm. and how important that is. So I think yeah. once again, your point, biblical literacy being so important, you know, you wouldn't think that Mary's song and Luke would tie into what Paul's talking about in Philippians, but it does. Mm-hmm. It does. I love that. Love it. Love it. So what's something the Lord's been kind of showing you about the Christmas story this year? So this is really cool. We went to Hawaii. That is last really cool. Week. It was very cool. <laughs> but one of my prayers um, before we went, my my sweet in laws gifted us with the trip, and it was just an amazing time. But um, I was in this place before we left where I just needed rest. Mm-hmm. I was so tired, um, just in every aspect of my life. Um, and I just needed rest. And I thought, well, what better place than, than the beach? But I didn't want to go and just waste that rest. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I wanted the Lord to speak to me through that stillness and that, um, those quiet times. And so, um, I had prayed that the Lord would speak to me and I actually ended up buying a book because it was on sale and it was a book that I had been wanting to read. And I was like, Hey, I'll take this with me and read it. And it was, um, called remember God by Annie Downs. And I read it in like two days because it was so, 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 so good. Um, but, and I, the, the whole kindness thing completely came from that book. Um, but another thing that the Lord showed me, and it was just kind of a small part in the book, but I was like, with Christmas coming up, it really hit me. She started talking about the wise men. So all of this that I'm about to say isn't original stuff like that I just came up with. This is, I, you know, I got it from someone else, but it's just really good. Um, so a lot of times when we look at nativities that our kids have, that we have all around our houses, you see... Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, you see the shepherds, you see the angel, and who else do you see? The wise men. You see the wise men. So first of all, I want to address that, um, and I have a friend who used to go around when we'd go, like he'd go in houses at Christmas, and he probably still does it, I don't know, but he would move the wise men, like to the other <laughs> like, side. You were not there. You to can't the, sit with yeah, us. To the other side of the room. That's because so Because that timing is actually not accurate, and I'm going to read here in a minute and tell you why we know that that's not accurate, that the wise men were not actually at the birth of Jesus, um, but a lot of times once again kind of like the story with Mary and Elizabeth kind of like 
a lot of the story, we kind of read about the wise men and, okay, the wise men were there, whatever, they brought gifts and move on. But there's actually a lot of significance in the story. And so it's actually... Um, not in Luke. We we have to go back to Matthew to hear about the wise men. And I'm going to, I'm trying to decide if I want to read. I think I'm going to read um, a pretty big chunk. So just bear with me for a minute. It's Matthew 2. And we're going to start in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Okay, so basically what's happened here is these wise men, not exactly sure where they're from. Some people think probably like the Persia area. They saw this star and they knew that that star signaled that the Messiah had been born. And so they followed this star and the star led them to Jerusalem. But we know that Jesus wasn't born in Jerusalem. He was born in Bethlehem, which was probably about five or six miles away. But that's where the star led them, and then the star disappeared. So they're wandering around in Jerusalem, and they're like, where's the baby? Where's the baby? Where's the baby? And um, they end up getting to Herod, and Herod did not like the fact that this baby king had been born because he wanted to be king and rule. So he was like, first of all, tell me when you saw this star. And the wise men don't answer him then, or we don't see that he had answered them then. But a little bit later, we will we'll get a little bit of an answer to that. But he said, tell us when the star rose, we want to find this baby. The prophecy is that this baby is born in Bethlehem. So if he's been born, he'll be in Bethlehem. Go find him and come back and tell me. So that's what the wise men set off to do. They set off to find this baby. And the star reappears and they follow. And then we see that Herod realizes it like the wise men learn that they don't need to go back to tell Herod because that'll put the baby in trouble. And somehow Herod finds out about that. And Herod decrees all babies two and under to be killed, all baby boys. So that makes us think that sometime in the last two years was when the star appeared. So it could be up to two years later that the wise men go and see Jesus. And it even says in here when they got to their house. So this is how we know that the wise men aren't actually there when Jesus is born. I mean, it took a while to travel from Mm -hmm. Persia to Bethlehem. Like that would take a long time. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, that's how we know that. But my point in all this is why did the star lead them to Jerusalem and not Bethlehem? Why, when they got to Jerusalem, did the star disappear? 
And so as we read on, we see that there is an angel that comes and tells Mary and Joseph. Let's see. This is verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Mm. And you see this really good in the movie The Star. Like, I'm going to plug that real fast because that's a really good movie. Mm. The timing is not accurate. They show this all happening like at the stable but you do see it depicted that Herod wants to wants to find Jesus and kill mm-hmm. him and so um Mary and Joseph flee and take Jesus to Egypt then after that they end up after Herod dies they are told that they can come back in and in verse 15 it says and remain there until the death of Herod that was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt I called my son and that was actually Hosea and that's in Hosea I think chapter 11 um, was where that prophecy came from we see here that if the wise men had not stopped in Jerusalem and told Herod hey the baby's been born then Mary and Joseph would have had no reason to take Jesus into Egypt. And then it would not have fulfilled this prophecy that was said in Hosea. And so it all ties together. And as I was doing research on this, there's a little bit of debating about this because the prophecy in Hosea was actually talking about Israel. And so people can say, well, that prophecy wasn't about Jesus anyway. But but Matthew says here it was to fulfill what the Lord had Mm. spoken by the prophet But what he's saying, um, what a lot of people think, and there's an article that I'm going to link that talks about this a little bit more, but people are drawing that parallel to Jesus being the new Israel. Mm. And we see it several places, which I've never thought about, like Israel wandering the desert for 40 years, Jesus being in the desert for 40 days. Like there's a lot of parallels between Jesus and Israel, and that's a whole nother thing. And there's a lot of debate about Jesus and Israel and everything. But but we see that parallel there, and we see this prophecy come to fulfillment. I just think about those wise men, and when they got to Jerusalem thinking, goodness, Lord, what are you doing? Like, I thought we were trying to find the promised Mm -hmm. Messiah. Like, where did the star go? He's not here. Why did you lead us here? And I can't help but think that sometimes in our lives, that's how it feels. Like, we're following after God. We're chasing after God with all we with all we are. And then we get to a place and it feels like we're just kind of stuck. We're like, wait, where's the promise? Mm -hmm. And it feels like a detour. And we're like, God, what are you doing? And then things may pick up and and you will eventually get to to what God has promised for you, even if you don't think it's it's what it would be. I mean, I have a feeling the wise men did not expect to find like this humble family in Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. You know, they probably expected this big king. So God's promise for us isn't always what we imagine it to be. But but these little detours along the way, we may never see the whole purpose of it. But but the whole point is God is sovereign. Mm -hmm. And that the wise men stopping in Jerusalem was a part of his bigger, greater plan to fulfill all these things, to draw these parallels with Jesus and Israel. So so 2,000 years from then, we could be reading about this in this story, and then we could see a clearer picture. And so that was just such an encouragement to me that when we're stuck in places and we're like, where are we and why are we here? God is still in control. And he, he's got it. Like it's, it's, um, it's so important to believe that. Mm-hmm. He's working it all out. Even he is. when we don't see it. Yeah. Yes. 
So I thought that was a cool thing, you know, just that story of the wise men. A lot of times we don't really dig into it. We mm-hmm. just were like, these kings came to see Jesus. Woohoo. But yeah. but there's there's a lot to be learned from these stories that we've read for years and years to years. The Bible is living and active mm-hmm. and God can always teach us new things. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so fun how we, you know, we've like we've been talking about, we've heard the Christmas story. We know all of these things, but how like God is faithful to meet us and teach us something new every time that we, you know, look for him in scriptures. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So, so let's come up with like, let's talk about maybe as these last five days until Christmas, what would be your biggest like kind of um, maybe helpful advice or something like that to, to really just make this season everything that it's worth? Okay, yeah. So as we go into these last few days before Christmas, I know at my house, especially, we have, oh my gosh, we have five Christmas Eve services between our two campuses this year. It's insane. Um, And I know that's how a lot of you feel too, just like insanity. And so our prayer is that as you go into this week, you're just able to like calm your heart and your mind and really just focus on who Jesus is and why he came. down onto earth as a baby and, um, the whole, his whole story, um, of of redemption for us. That's, that's what it's all about. And as we're reading the Christmas story, I think there's a really good example of this. And I think if we read Luke two and it is verse, um, 19, and this is a verse that another one that I used to just kind of fly over, but it says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And I think as um, moms, as sisters, as daughters, as friends, I think it's so important for us to stop and to treasure this time. I mean, it's important every day, but especially during this season, it's important to stop and look at your kids, Mm -hmm. look at your um, nieces or nephews or whoever you're with, your family, your friends, and, and think about these things and to treasure it and to thank the Lord for what he's given you. And Erin made a point this past week when she was talking about um, the Christmas story and how Mary had just labored in a barn mm-hmm. with hay and animals. No and thanks. then, no thank you, <laughs> no epidural. And then these dirty shepherds are coming. Mm. And no offense to any shepherds out there, but, <laughs> but shepherds are dirty. And they were coming. <laughs> and and visiting and she didn't even know when they were strangers I did not like when strangers came after I had babies no. I'm sorry but that's just not comfortable but even in, in amongst all of this stuff like she could have been just like so overwhelmed mm-hmm. and so tired and all of these things but she wasn't like she took the time to stop and treasure these moments and to think about them and I know she was thinking about God and his goodness and it's so important for us to do that too so even on Christmas Eve when when you know Jonathan's gone and things are crazy I I want to be mindful of of stopping and remembering why we have Christmas anyway Mm -hmm. and what a gift what a gift my babies are what Mm -hmm. a gift you know all of this but but the most important gift really is Jesus Mm -hmm. and that and that's something that we can say you know so kind of flippantly during this season but it's so true Mm -hmm. so true just takes that time to slow down and really think about it and ponder it, it and treasure it. And perspective, like thinking about what's really important. Like, is it really important that all your gifts are wrapped perfectly and you have the right meal and all these things? Or or is it important to spend time with your children? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think that's really good. I think if we... Um, 
and maybe we can all do this over the next five days, is really read the story of Christmas and look at Mary and see, um, we can learn so much from her, Mm -hmm. from humility Humility. to um, just like truly living her life and pouring herself out for God and for um, making his name known. And there's so much we can learn from her. We can learn from the shepherds. We can learn from, you know, just every different part of this story. And just just read through it. Read through the first couple chapters of Luke and just ask God to to highlight something to you that maybe you've never learned or studied before. Yeah, that's good. I love it. So I think we're going to announce our upcoming series. Erin, you want to do it? Drum roll. Drum roll. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have, we're not going to have an episode come out next week because of Christmas. Um, We're going to take a little break. So go back and listen to old stuff. If you haven't yet, get caught up, whatever, whatever you can do during that week. And then starting in January, we know everybody likes to, you know, get the whole Bible reading plan, start with Genesis. And so what we want to do is just come alongside you guys and walk through the book of Genesis with you. Yay. Yay. It's going to be fun. But we are going to do it a little different than we did Philippians because Philippians, we went verse by verse. If we did that with Genesis, it would take us all year. Yeah, at least And so, yes, at least. And so we're going to um, break it down kind of in a little bit bigger overviews of the of the stories mm-hmm. and we're going to try to hit points that maybe as you're reading through stories you um you might not catch kind of like we just did today honestly mm-hmm. with the Christmas yeah. story some of the the major themes and the doctrine that we see throughout Genesis and so we're gonna um just we're gonna have a lot of fun going mm-hmm. through Genesis together I'm excited the Lord's already teaching the the two of us so much yes. just as we've started studying and preparing so it's gonna be really really cool can't wait so come on back january 3rd see you then or we won't talk to you then (laughs) (laughs) merry christmas friends merry christmas if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on itunes and most importantly share with a friend The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs. Let's go.